0: People, McLeod, is that what we are? Are we really still people? Are we supposed to care about them, care about anything? Well, tell me what else there is if we don't. Take a look at me and see for yourself. So you don't care about anything? I'm right here, man, search me. What happened to you, huh? Life happened to me, my friend. Eternal life, to be exact.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Highlander Rewatched, where we look at each and every episode of Highlander and talk about it in detail and explore the vast Highlander universe. I am one of your rewatchers. I'm Eamon.
2: I'm Keith. And this is Kyle.
1: And today we are talking about what episode, Keith?
2: This is season two, episode two. Studies in Light. Very good. So we're very excited. Meetings within meetings. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So this episode was originally aired October 4th, 1993, a Monday. So they're sticking with that Monday schedule, it looks like.
1: Mm, So Garfield didn't see this one either.
2: I guess not. This episode was directed by Peter Ellis. Uh, He's done some silk stockings. Yeah. yeah. And this is the first of six Highlander episodes uh, he's done. He did one Raven episode, too. More recently... He did some episodes like Supernatural. He did Smallville. Ooh, yeah. Smallville. Which nice. I'm a huge fan of. Uh, oh, I
1: think he did Lois and Clark too. An Ooh, Episode. Yeah. Interesting.
2: If you're Double into Superman, su- if you're That's into right. Smallville, and you're into rewatchers, check out the uh, season seven DVD, and you will see uh, myself and Kyle on the DVD extras of Smallville. We're talking of here. Smallville. Yeah. Wait. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're in the. We don't say anything. We're we just don't in say the, anything. Our, our footage got cut, but we are eating hamburgers at a diner.
0: <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Our very good friend won the Ultimate Smallville Fan Competition actually with Keith's help editing his his, his vin- user submission to be the Ultimate Smallville Fan. So yeah. a crew came out and filmed a little thing with with our friend and we were in the background of some of the shots. Well, they, we were filmed for we 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 were there for 8 hours that day for
2: filming and uh they ended up using none of the footage we did. We were wow. interviewed, we we did
0: all sorts of stuff. But it uh, didn't help that at the diner the the server was really like mugging to be in the- <laughs> Camera, it was kind of cartoonish actually, but, but that's, that's pretty cool. That's a Highlander rewatched
2: Easter egg for all you Smallville fans, yeah. yeah, season seven. So, anyway, the writer of this episode of Highlander uh, is Naomi Jensen. She wrote two episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, uh, one episode called The Tale of the Frozen Ghost, and another episode called The Tale of the Lonely Ghost. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's amazing. What's uh, a frozen ghost? I don't Imagine know. Imagine the ghost of a man or a woman who froze to death. Oh, there. Or maybe a cat.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Is ice kind of the ghost of water? It's like it's former self Yeah, that's that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's vapor. Okay. Well,
1: I love vaping.
2: This mm. is the first of 3 episodes uh she did and uh she also did a bunch of uh Forever Night episodes which mm. keeps popping up so. Yeah. Um this episode has two guest stars. J.H. Wyman as Greg or Gregor Powers. This guy doesn't do too much acting anymore, but he's more known as like a writer and producer now. He's written for like Almost Human, Fringe, um, Mm. a couple other like big shows that he was a writer and executive producer on, which I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, And also Dwight McPhee as Jack Spice. Fuck is that character? Sorry, scratch. Is this the wrong episode? I, no, I think I just wrote down another person. Jack was... Spice. What the
0: fuck? I don't know. <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about? You see the last Spice Girl? I don't know Jack Spice. Is. <laughs> are you sure you're not thinking of whoever plays the artist? No. What the hell? I don't, I don't know what I wrote. Jack, <laughs> Jack Spice. I don't know who that person is. All right. So it turns out there's only one guest star of this episode. <laughs> yes, I guess so. What about the lady? I didn't write her down. <laughs>
1: Sorry. I had it in my notes that I forgot at home.
2: <laughs> uh. Uh. Anyway, so the IMDb episode description for Studies in Light. Duncan, Tessa, and Richie attend a photographic exhibit featuring Immortal Gregor, and Duncan discovers that the other exhibitor is someone he loved decades earlier, who has sent him away in order to focus on her work. She recognizes him, but he doesn't know how to tell her that he's the same man she loved. Meanwhile, Gregor appears to have changed since Duncan knew him, as he appears to have become disillusioned and can no longer feel emotion. Jesus. That's it.
0: (laughs) <laughs> this descriptions is so long. They're so long.
1: I know. So we open with the sound of a camera. And as Gregor is a shutter bug, um, well, I guess we don't know that yet. But
0: two men are on motorcycles, one's taking some pictures. These guys are so 90s looking, and they both have looks on their face, especially Gregor's friend. Like, they're just smelling farts. Either yeah. <laughs> that or, like, maybe the sun's in their eye. I don't know. They've got, like, yeah. this scrunched, up, uh, <laughs> fart-smelling look on their face. Yeah,
1: Maybe Gregor's taking pictures to mask the sounds of his farts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. But uh, they are they're looking at this kind of floating pier yeah. kind of thing, and they're concocting a plan to launch onto it from the dock that their motorcycles are set up on. Like They're, they're like dirt bikes. Dirt bikes, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So Gregor goes first, and he launches over this like ramp, yep. and he makes it onto this dock. Mm-hmm. And so, ta-da, he did it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so
2: now it's time for his friend. I forget his name, but yeah. uh, it's time for him to it's go. It's
0: irrelevant. Is it Jack Spice? <laughs> <laughs>
2: The missing Spice Girl <laughs> But he does it and blows it
1: Yeah, anytime. he tanks, he falls in the water His bike falls in the water And apparently he can't swim Yeah, like, at yeah, all Risky maneuver for this yeah. guy <laughs> And then, so as he's drowning
0: Gregor's being a total creeper about yeah. it Yeah,
1: he's like, do we want to play this? Yeah, we can clip. play this clip? Yeah,
0: Are you afraid? I'm being Are you? What's it feel like?
1: great is he great or greg
2: i hope greg great tell me do you feel it in your gut
0: he's underwater he can't hear this. yeah
1: tell me this is weird what's it like to die point it's really weird (laughs) yeah he's like doing an andrew dice clay bit as this guy's (laughs)
2: like drowning or something (laughs) Uh, so eventually, Greg helps. This, he helps him out. This he guy pulls him out, out, out of the water. Yeah,
0: and he's like, "Oh, you little buddy, I wasn't gonna let you get hurt." Yeah. You know? and this guy's pissed. Of yeah. course,
2: because he almost drowned. because yep. he didn't learn how to swim when he was a child. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we cut to Mac, Richie, and Tess. Yep. Uh, walking to an art show, we find mm-hmm. out we, we've got to play this clip of what Richie says because in. True Richie fashion, it's amazing. Yep. This is one of his best clips.
0: It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe that we are turning down front row, standing room only tickets to this country's most souped up road monsters in the ultimate battle of motocross supremacy that I personally meet. Richie Ryan scalp at 50 bucks a pop to look at some pictures. <laughs> Look at some this very pictures. souped-up road monsters. Also, and going this, to
2: monster. This Jam. country's premiere. Like, uh, but is
1: it? It's standing room only at like a BMX rally. No, I'm just going to
2: right.
0: No, what is this? He says it's motocross. Oh, I thought he said okay. Souped up monsters, but like Souped up road monsters. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I just I'm at, when he said monsters, I think
0: I, I went to Monster, Monster Trucks. Yeah, tr- Truc- I
2: expected like a Jurassic period. It's not
0: standing room like right. When they show it it doesn't look standing room. It looks kinda empty. And
2: are the best seats at one of those things really standing room only? I don't know. I don't think so. Write us, people. Yeah. <laughs> let us know what tickets we need to be buying. What <laughs> tickets we need to be scalping.
0: Yeah. T- <laughs> where, where else can we find the most souped-up road monsters? Ugh richie that's actually our nickname for amon most of the time (laughs) a souped souped up road
1: (laughs) monster i do love soup i like a nice tomato soup with a grilled cheese it's very good That does sound good souped up
2: it just started snowing here in philadelphia today so that that sounds like it would hit the spot Mm -hmm. that's been your highlander rewatched weather report
0: that's right tune in every week interesting (laughs) (laughs) so they go in there and it turns out mac knows gregor and he gregor invited him to his photography show right and all of gregor's artwork is like really dark it's a lot of like violent imagery and like gang members Mm -hmm. and and people wielding knives tess is instantly disgusted by this like she goes in and
2: she's like this is all very violent like and it's like hold on tess like you're an artist yeah one like you you must i would hope understand that like art falls on some spectrum of like what it's trying to convey but she's utterly disgusted by this because it's so violent. All I will say is this. Tess, your amorphous silver blobs have made me violently ill. <laughs> I hate them so much. So you and Gregor are even.
0: <laughs> also, your boyfriend cuts guys' heads off. Yeah. So in the spectrum of violence, like a gang member with a knife isn't that bad. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure like
1: a lot of the pictures are taken of the extras that were in the previous episode in the punk club like i'm pretty sure the guy with the knife is the guy mac beats up that's an amazing
2: observation yeah. i hope that's accurate <laughs> yeah that's awesome and some
1: of his some of his photographs reminded me of ouija do you know him he's a like photographer the, the man with the, the guy with
0: the board that's right okay yeah i'm fam- well familiar with this board huh yeah it's like the ouija board, the ouija board. that's <laughs> yeah. right yeah that's a joke <laughs> that, was a, <laughs> that was a joke
1: <laughs>
2: Well, I'm like, who's we- the artist known as Ouija? Like, we- it's, it's actually Waluigi.
1: Ouija <laughs> <laughs> was a photographer in the 40s who would take pictures of, like, gruesome murder scenes oh. and things like that. Oh, like he- Road to Perdition. That's right. That's who he's... That Road to Perdition guy is based on Ouija. Anyway, look Ouija up. He's worth your time. Interesting.
2: Uh, so, Duncan uh, gets the buzz, and his friend, Greg, a.k.a. David Blaine, shows up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And he's the guy on the motorcycle that watched his friend drown.
2: Um, So Duncan is not into this guy's art, like, either. He's like, this is really dark. Like, nobody appreciates this at all. I I finally, I I frankly had, like, a little bit of an issue with that. I was like, why does everyone hate on this art? Like, uh, just because someone takes pictures of, like, violent images doesn't mean it's, like, bad. I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
0: Well, it's unclear. Also, it's, like, not a real artists so it's harder yeah. to weigh in on it
2: yeah because most of his pictures also look like he's on the set of west side story and people yeah. are pretending <laughs> to be in a gang <laughs> yeah so that's part of it maybe duncan is just trying to let him off easy and he's like oh this is
0: really violent it's, it's not really, into it. it's not really my thing yeah it's
2: yeah. not being like this is
0: awful i'm yeah. into
1: real violence <laughs>
0: yeah. which he is yeah um, <laughs> then richie calls mac over Because one of the photos is actually of Duncan, right, as he's bursting out of a burning building, like saving a child. Yeah, snap Mm -hmm. a Mac, snap, (laughs) snap attack. That's right of Mac, snap attack of Mac.
2: (laughs) Uh, So there's an awesome. This is one of the best dissolves I think they've done into a flashback. Like this is a little. This is a little easy though. I guess so, but I think it's it's really a picture, and then they.
0: To get yeah. themselves into, but the I subject think it, it works because it's not
2: like forced because that's part of the storyline is that like it's about a photographer, so mm-hmm. they sure. did, like the picture comes to life
0: essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree, it was very seamless. But no, also, it's, yeah, I think it was it's, really great. It's, it's very rare for them to have this kind of like direct yeah. parody.
1: We should also mention it's revealed that uh, Gregor did not take this picture.
2: Uh, so we get this flashback to Sea in 1938, and Duncan
0: rescues a little boy named Tommy from mm-hmm. a fire. This this entire like. They show a lot of this rescuing sequence of... That's not important at all. Yeah, it's, like, really not relevant to the story. But, like, he finds the kid, and he's, like... The kid is, like, clutching some toy. He's, like, here, can I have this? And he just, like, throws <laughs> it away. He's like, he's, like, hey, I hope you're okay with this being incinerated. Yeah. it's not combat. <laughs> and then he goes to carry him out. And there was one other fun- thing I thought was really funny about this sequence. There's just, like... They very clearly establish that there's, like, burning debris on the ground. And Duncan sees it and is trying to step over it. And then just trips and it's like, <laughs> in like a very like, oh, kind of way. It's kind of funny. That is funny. But he manages to make it out. Mm-hmm. And as he bursts from the building, a young photographer just snaps some photos of him. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Uh, so let's play this clip of Duncan talking to the photographer. Uh, we find out that her name is Linda and she likes taking, I guess, scandalous photos of mm-hmm. people in pain, divorces, Hollywood stuff like. So let's play this clip and find out how Duncan has changed her life.
1: It's what people want to see
2: Because that's all you show
0: them Oh, maybe I should try and sell the editor pictures of flower vases Kittens playing Freshly baked pies
1: <laughs> Your camera sees what you want it to see You can shoot hope or despair Garbage or flowers It all depends on
0: where you want to spend your life What a know-it-all Yeah, has being really smug And his follow-up The follow-up to this is crazy Her response is How come you know so much? And he goes how come you don't? <laughs> yeah. What? And he's, like, so smug about it. She's uh, like, how uh, come you know so much? It's like, what does he know? He just, like, chided you like a schoolgirl, and you're yeah. like, how come you know so much? I don't know. I found this entire interaction off-putting, mm-hmm. and I was not nuts about the performance of young Linda. She kind of reminds me of the character in uh, Hudsucker
1: Proxy. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh's yep. yeah. character.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's good though, in like that a movie.
1: spunky, yeah, this person is not that good, no,
2: <laughs> I do like when they flash back to this time period, like I feel like this is a good time period for them to to flash back when they're in like those seacouver episodes like. 30s 40s like i think it translates really well the costuming is always good they always have like a, a good car or something in the background i don't know i think I, it comes across pretty well
0: i agree and i think it's important because c cooper is such an inherently less interesting location than the parachutes so like anything that's a flashback in paris is just gonna de facto look pretty good yeah, yeah. whereas here like they have to be kind of smart about how they present it because they need to sell it with more than just the location. Totally. So we find out this young lady's name is Linda Plager, which the whole time I just was like, Linda Plagiarism? Like, what, the, <laughs> what is this about? But anyway, he then sees her as an old woman. She's in the gallery. Yeah, so she's splitting this
1: exhibition with gregor and he's kind of she's the reason he's involved oh they they never really explore that they say the exhibition's really for her but the connection's never made as to how these two know each other or maybe they're just two C couverin photographers
2: yeah i'm not really sure but because she's like a big deal and maybe he's not like i don't know why he's the second billing or whatever on this
1: yeah so they're like oh you know linda plager and duncan's like yeah and gregor's like she's a really big deal this shows hers and blah 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 and
2: then, yeah, she stumbles up, and she has a nurse with her. I couldn't tell if it was like her nurse
0: or maybe her daughter it wasn't I her daughter. It's not her daughter, but I yeah. got the impression it was like a close that it was like a friend her or assistant a, or
1: something yeah because yeah. she's I'm pretty sure she says she never married or had kids later in the episode this okay.
0: entire interaction is really sad yeah like this woman freaks she sees duncan and recognizes him immediately yeah, yeah. and she's just like losing it a little yeah. bit which is understandable because you just saw someone you haven't seen and i don't what what was this this was supposed to be the 30s so in 50 right. years uh and you get the impression they used to have like a romantic thing going on but the the nurse is like oh no 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 it can't be this is obviously a yeah. young man it can't be and it can't be Duncan McCloud.
1: Yeah, and then she's like, "Oh, it's probably your medication." Or like she's kind of like treating her like she's senile, mm-hmm. which she might
2: be. I don't know, but she's not in this instance, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a little heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, was, and this I, is a,
2: this is a good angle, I think, for the show to take though. Like we've never met one of Duncan's mortal loves before. Like right. we have met like Amanda, and that's about Grace we, and Grace. Grace. Yeah, Grace. But yeah, this is this is a, an interesting kind of ripple in that
0: storyline. Yeah. And Which then, is like, cool. Tessa looks pretty mortified about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Because, yeah, yeah, I guess...
2: You, I wish they explored Tessa's involvement in this a little more, because she could kind of see herself in Linda, I think, more. Especially because they're both artists. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, this would have been a good storyline. Like, we saw uh, in the first season, what was it, Eyewitness, where they tried to draw some weird parallel between Tess and that that woman who... Oh, the artist and that weird yeah. artist your art yeah. is is life it's beautiful yeah. <laughs> These people this is hotel art or whatever it's ridiculous yeah. uh but they fake tried to draw it, some parallel flight. with those two and it's like this is the character yeah. that that character should have been like but, we, t- we could have explored this dynamic more but whatever
1: yeah, Tess just kind of disappears after a certain point in this yeah.
2: episode. So after this scene, we're outside at a motocross track or something? Like, where did they go? Or did they, they end up going? to go- the, yeah. They yeah. go to that show. I thought they were not going to that because. No, they are just going to miss the beginning. Oh, they were going to miss the beginning. Right. Well, too bad for Richie. But yep. they're there. Yep. And Greg is with them. And he asked Tess some weird, creepy questions about growing old and having Duncan leave her. Yeah. Uh, it's a little harsh. It uh,
1: is. It's very harsh. So, like. Here's our first inkling that – well, I guess our second inkling that <laughs> something's a
0: little wrong with our, Gregor. This is our third inkling. Our second inkling is the shades he's wearing. Yeah. He's wearing, like, these round blue shades. Yeah. They're infuriating. Do
1: you know those, those like, shades that have the skulls in them, like the holographic skulls <laughs> yeah. in them? I was half expecting yeah. them
0: to see – like, he got these at Spencer's Gifts. Yeah. <laughs> I just kept picturing Dr. Jacoby from Twin Peaks. <laughs> When I see these glasses, yeah. so they're so. punchable.
2: And then Rishi yeah. interrupts, of course, this like, Hot awkward dog. Hot dog, everybody! <laughs> I,
0: I actually really like this interaction between the two of them, because, like, Gregor, it's a, it's kind of a callback to him asking all these kind of creepy questions when his friend is, like, almost drowning. Like, how does it feel? What's it like? Uh, Do you want to play it? <laughs> yeah, I think this is cool. What's up? The- Must be hard knowing that you'll keep getting older in the cloud. Though. I mean, tell me, how do you handle knowing that one day he's going to watch you grow old, wrinkle, and then die, and eventually move on to somebody else? Were you born sensitive, or did you have to study? Hey, come on, I didn't mean anything by it. I'm just curious. That's all. Hot dogs for everybody. <laughs> have a dog, Tess. Enjoy a um, dog. It's I think I'm day. going home. Uh... I'll see you later, okay? <laughs> she, didn't even, she didn't even take the hot dog She takes That's it weird. and then gives uh, it right well, back She's a woman, you know what I mean, Richie uh, <laughs> I don't know what you I mean, Gregor Explain it to me oh, boy. You hey. know what I mean, Richie
1: <laughs> She's a beautiful You're very pretty, Tess <laughs>
0: You're pretty, Brenda No <laughs> uh, mustard for your hot dog <laughs> So Gregor's kind of a creep. He's a weird dude. See, I kind of like the idea of... So the a uh, thing that's kind of played out here is that Gregor's kind of... Um, um, immortality has kind of killed Gregor emotionally. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting because he's got almost this weird, like, mad scientist kind of feel to him. Where he just, like, pokes and prods people to, like, watch them squirm and kind of absorb their emotional experience by making them... Like, putting them in, in extreme discomfort seems mm-hmm. to kind of be his shtick and that's kind of interesting yeah he's like
1: a morbid curiosity
2: so after this we're back at the gallery and linda is not feeling well and she collapses and mm-hmm. i guess is getting taken to the hospital so yep. we know she is not doing well and we find out from greg that she's dying so yeah so then we're back on the dock and greg and richie are pounding around and i thought there's an interesting bit of dialogue here i guess maybe we can start wondering about some stuff that's being said uh, so Richie's asking, like, how Mac has changed in, like, 200 years, and Craig's like, well, how have you changed? Like, you know, just imagine that. He's like, well, I don't grow old. And then Greg asks him, he's like, well, what happens if you were immortal? And Richie's like, hmm, I don't know. And it's like, I wonder what that dialogue means. Hmm. I hmm. hmm. wonder if any hmm. seeds are being planted by these sort of lines.
0: Interesting. We'll find out soon. Uh-oh. Uh, but this old exchange is interesting. I really like what this character represents. And it kind of speaks to some of what we were talking about during the movie and some of the original ideas for Highlander about, like, kind of being sick of life and, like, exhausted. And that's really what Gregor is putting forward here. You know, and he has this really kind of upsetting line of, like, you know, talking about the, the women he'd get to know and then have to bury. Right. Yeah. So Duncan
2: then is visiting Linda in the hospital. Uh, And we get a flashback to 1939 C. at, like, Linda's place. I guess they've been lovers now, and she's breaking up with Mac.
1: So she can pursue her work because she feels she can't
0: juggle Mac and her career? This whole exchange is very confusing because she's, like... Oh, like, I can't juggle you both. And Mac's like, why not? Sure, you can. And then she goes, oh, I." she says out loud, oh, I hope I'm not making the biggest mistake of my life. Yeah. And then, but Mac is still in the room. Right, yeah. <laughs> so then she runs after him. It's like, oh, wait, don't go. And Mac just goes, nah. <laughs> and leaves yeah. it's like wait
2: yeah this what? is all very unearned like this whole breakup thing like yep. i don't really buy into this they just like
0: throw it at you and it's like and the relationship didn't work so yeah for no reason yep like yeah. mac was like no this works you can do it and then eventually she goes you're right i can do it and mac goes you can't do it yeah. <laughs> it's, and
2: it's then she's weird. like i'm gonna make you proud of me flash forward duncan's like i'm very proud of you yeah
1: right but he's like pretending he's
0: duncan's Grand grandson, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Duncan's like, no, you don't dump me. I dump you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one dumps Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod. What you don't do <laughs> is dump Duncan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, um, so Tess, uh, after this, Max, Max back at home with Tess. Max back, Max back. Tess is wondering why Mac didn't tell Linda that he's immortal and just kind of spill the beans. And I think this is a really interesting thing that Duncan brings up. And he's like, what am I supposed to tell her? Tell her that, like, immortality exists, but, like, not for her. Like, and she Mm. has to die, like, but I get to live. And I was like, oh, that's a really, I don't know. This episode does definitely, yeah, this episode definitely, like, tackles a lot of, like, good issues. Like, questions that are brought up. So I thought that was really great. But yeah. then they then they just start smooching, and Richie comes in and oogles them yeah. up. He's, like, he's, he's like, like, ooh. Hubba, hubba. Ah,
1: Well, the other thing he says, which kind of cements his relationship with Tess, is like, I chose to tell you. Like, right. I trust you enough where I told you and not. This other lady.
2: Yeah. So, I don't know.
1: I thought that was like interesting
2: yeah that makes their relationship uh, more special mm-hmm. um so richie goes to head off to hang out with gregor at a studio mm-hmm. tess like kind of warns him she's like oh be careful which is kind of weird like tess yeah. has clearly got a, a feeling about greg and then duncan picks up on this and he's like huh what's this about he's like did greg make you feel uncomfortable <laughs> he's the one who posits that he's like yeah. it's like this must happen all the time yeah. like, duncan's like oh yeah he does that like yeah. that's
0: greg <laughs> he doesn't even it doesn't even pan out though He's just like, oh, did he make you feel uncomfortable? Cut. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, I guess. Uh... So then we cut to Richie coming to the studio And then a person we can't really see, but it's obviously Gregor, is just kind of hunting him on his dirt bike. He, like, drives—it's this, like, big open
1: studio space, and he just, like, barrels in.
2: Well, the thing that's weird is, like, he pulls up, like, into the doorway of the studio, and Richie's all of a sudden is like, oh, shit! And he just starts running. It's like, nothing happened. Like, (laughs) somebody pulled up. Into the door, yeah, and you just like are like,
0: oh no, <laughs> that's really weird though. I don't know, I, I don't know that. Oh no, is that necessarily the right response? Right. But some amount of alarm is appropriate. I'd probably be alarmed, but I don't know if I'd run away. I think I'd
2: be like Greg? Question mark? Yeah, and then like have some other questions after that. Yeah. But so but they he, they run
1: all over the place. Yeah then greg's like
0: (laughs) relax man (laughs) hey have a sense of humor yeah and then he's like can you ride and then richie (laughs) gets on the bike and does the dinkiest little lap around this space and he's just like i don't know can i yeah it's like no not really it's (laughs) like i don't know you literally went five feet (laughs) like
2: what so they decide to have another jumping contest. Mm-hmm. So they're outside, and they're going to attempt to make this jump again.
0: And this time they do it together at the same time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They've got mutual launch pads to <laughs> launch onto this little pier. That's right. Launch pad McQuack. So they launch
2: off. Uh, both of them make it, except yeah. Richie, like, overshoots his mark. He can't stop in time. Yeah. yeah, and he ends up, like, driving into some, like, empty boxes or whatever. And just gets a really brutal-looking cut on his arm. Yeah, long. he does get a really bad cut. But yeah. Richie's all pissed about it. He's like, oh, I could have killed myself. And then there's another interesting bit of dialogue where Greg says, I won't let you do it if it wasn't dangerous. And I was like, oh, because maybe does Greg know this isn't dangerous?
0: Oh. Oop. Huh. Oop. But he let the other guy do it, and that guy wasn't immortal. Yeah. He didn't
2: give a shit about that guy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe not.
1: He's like, I don't want Mac to think I'm abusing his best little
0: buddy. He <laughs> says something like really condescending
1: yeah, or something. <laughs>
2: But Richie's
0: so angry at him. It's like you didn't have to do this. Yeah,
1: yeah. You chose to do this like Daredevil stunt after he chased you through like a studio. And so.
2: and in the episode with you know the Indian, that episode, yeah. Richie's flying all over the place with his bike. Like yeah. he doesn't care that he's crashing all the time. Like yeah. this is not new for Richie. Look yeah. He's a guy okay, you just
0: need some stitches.
2: It's like goddamn yeah, right you need some stitches. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You've got like mottled torn up flesh.
1: Yeah. And a tetanus shot,
0: hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Richie and
2: Greg return back to the antique store. Mac is none too happy about all this and has a little nope. convo with
0: Greg mm-hmm. outside, which we played at the uh, the top of the show here. Right. This this is, whole thing is awesome. Yeah, I really like the dialogue this exchanged here. I really like the line "People is that what we are?" Because yeah. that kind of really drives home the part of the issue that like eternal life is just inherently dehumanizing. Yeah, like,
2: they have a fundamentally different experience than people do.
0: Right, and all the moments that make human life worth living are in some way defined by reference to your the end of your life. Mm-hmm. Philosophical stuff. So
2: we get a flashback to <laughs> the, Was- the Washington Territory in 1883, and it's a cholera outbreak. And Gregor is a doctor. Dr. Greg. Mm-hmm. Paging
0: Dr. Greg. Paging Dr. Launchpad McQuack. <laughs> <laughs> uh so, yeah, he the, he is treating a child who unfortunately expires. Mm-hmm. Mac is there with him in this kind of, like, westerny place. And then this angry dad shows yeah. up. Where's my boy? Where's my boy, Gregor? <laughs> He's like, he wasn't that sick when he came here. You killed him. It's yeah, like it's sick. bizarre. He, yeah. he ramps up from, like, 1 to 11 yeah. <laughs> just instantly.
2: Yep. So he shoots Gregor. Yep. Uh, so that's on also can we talk about Mac's accent in this scene it's all over the place I have no idea what it is it
1: kind of starts out like this but then it goes back to normal (laughs) it goes back to normal and at some point it's more Scottish yeah
0: It's all over the place.
1: I mean, I don't know. A lot is being asked of Mr. Paul in yeah. this series, so yeah. <laughs> cut him some slack, but it's a little
0: crazy. He's it like, hi, laddie. It's your old friend, Duncan mcleod of the clan. <laughs> 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 it's like, what planet are we on? <laughs> it's, it's, it's very strange. So, yeah. beep, beep, Ruby, Ruby. Greg is dead.
2: Yep. And so Duncan, I guess, throws him in the back of a wagon and takes him out of town.
1: Yeah, and he just lets the murderer like leave. Yeah. I guess so he can save Greg from being discovered as an immortal. But it's just like, you're gonna let this murderer go?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Like, Greg wakes up and he's like, Oh, what happened? Like, and he's like, Well, you gotta leave town. And Greg's like pissed at the the dude. like who shot him and duncan's like "Eh, whatever let it go it's like hold on if greg was not a mortal like this is a crazy person like granted who's emotionally upset that his son died but like shot an innocent person like
0: this guy needs to be like held accountable held accountable for that that. like where's my boy greg (laughs) straight to shooting and this is another cool interaction because duncan's being pretty matter of fact about this Mm -hmm. he's just like yeah you gotta move on like This will be this. And Gregor's really upset about this. He's like, I don't know if I can keep, like, just reinventing myself and keep doing this over and over again. It's got to be tough. Got to be tough. (laughs) My next note is just, how does Tess find these outfits? (laughs) (laughs) It cuts (laughs) to this weird... She's wearing this all-white number that has, like, a jacket, like, this big jacket over top that's, like tasseled together it's i don't even know it's her outfits in this show go from being like reasonably classy to utterly insane yep well i I have another note about tess in this scene so we, we come back
2: out of the past and tess and duncan are talking about i guess this instance and duncan's like oh he's he's lost and he's unhappy and then tess sarcastically says sounds like he needs therapy and it's like tess like you have been like living like with an immortal for how many years now like you've been seeing these adventures play out like essentially week to week and like you have again no sympathy like this yeah. reminded me of uh what was his name ursa yeah the beast below where she's like what's his problem like why <laughs> is he mentally ill like i don't get it like and then again like she, she has just heard a story about how gregor was a doctor witnessing death take place all around him and he's lost and unhappy she's like oh what a, like why what's the deal with him i don't get it it's like <laughs> you're, that's you're 32 years old tess like chill out he's 500 years old like i don't know tess is never seems to be like understanding uh i, I don't know for me this is a, a pitfall of a lot of female characters in tv uh like I, you can even see it like for a period in like uh, breaking bad what, what was his wife's name
1: i never watched it
2: oh man i'm forgetting now mrs breaking bad like (laughs) a lot of times like because they're supposed to be a foil to the main character's actions they just end up being like naysayers all the time and so a lot of times in like tv or movies you can end up with like female characters which are supposed to be the counterpart to the the maybe the male protagonist but they end up just being like A negative force like they're always negating whatever Duncan's saying like oh like I want to just no, you shouldn't do this because they're always the point of conflict so it can end up inadvertently painting female characters as kind of like naysayers or kind of like naggy or something like this I think it's an it's it's an unintentional byproduct of that sort of writing style but I think that's kind of what happens here with Tess like she ends up coming across as a little like unsympathetic to this character that is going through some stuff uh, only because... And it's
0: also a huge asshole to her. That's also, also true. That's yeah. true. And yeah. then the other side of it is, I didn't read her reading of that as being that sarcastic. Because hmm. also, Duncan responds to her very seriously. Like, he does not respond to her as though she's being a... Ju- like, that she's just, like, having a dig. She's, right. Like, he's like, no, he can't <sighs> go get therapy, because if he went and got therapy, he'd get, like, locked discovered. up. Discovered, yeah. Like, he, right. would, he would... They would think he's a crazy person. Right. And that's so an interesting I did,
1: point for yeah. just the mental health of immortals. Yeah. I was like, what if there's an immortal psychologist? That might be kind of cool. Or psychiatrist.
0: Ho ho, dear readers. Ho ho. <laughs> I do like
2: this line they're telling, though, with this is maybe the first uh, immortal character we've met that is not the villain of the episode. Sort of. Like, I mean, sort of like he. he he's the villain of the I'm episode. Sorry, he's not a bad guy. Right. Like, I, I never, for a second, I'm like, oh, he's evil, like, or something, like, we, we, I think this is our first, like, really gray character, where it's like, I don't know how to feel about his actions, like, he definitely was motivated by some bad stuff, he's definitely done some bad stuff, but is he a bad person, like, you know what I mean, I, I feel mm. like this is a... a- an interesting path the show
0: is going on i'm trying yeah. to think of who else there might be maybe ursa yeah Though maybe he, oh, ursa definitely yeah. he murders mr manager for no reason yeah so he's he he out <laughs> i love that we still call him mr manager <laughs> <laughs> what, are we supposed to not are we, are we abandoning that joke
1: <laughs> nope <laughs> never i love that joke i think about that joke often that's a weird thing to say <laughs> anyway yeah i think ursa falls into that category i think he's the only one probably like, all of his other pals have been kind of Nefarious in their own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Patone's a murderer.
1: Yep. Road Not Taken. What was his name?
0: tech O. Yes,
1: that's the actor's the name. The actor's name. But uh, Kim, he's, he's, Kim yeah, Sum. Kim Sum.
0: He's a great ish but he he's, was gray-ish. On, he's kind of on the wrong side of that. Yeah. You know, def- definitely. Yeah. Being, you know, a slaver. Right. Yep. <laughs> By and large, the show definitely
2: has a good versus evil sort of yeah. vibe for it, going for it. So Princess <laughs>
0: Hey, Rewatchers! Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you uh, join us on Facebook. We can follow the conversation and interact with other Highlander fans. While you're at it, give us that five-star review on iTunes, baby! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Anyway,
2: we get back to Greg's studio, and there he is, David Blaine, looking at like a slideshow of his photographs and yeah. like having like a, a freak out. Uh, this... It's, like, really cheesy. And then the music they're playing? Yeah, it's, like, weird emo, yeah. like, 90s. It's it's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, and he's, like... He cuts up the, yeah. the screen he's, with a yeah. knife. Well, he's he's play, watching he's the, the slides, and, and he has a knife. a
1: knife, and he's, like, touching it to his face, and it's all very, like, nine-inch nails or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to feel
0: something. Yeah. but so he's, That is exactly what this whole thing is.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, this episode definitely had, like, an after-school special sort of vibe to it, like but he's, it's super 9 inch nailsy. Yeah. Oh
0: the pain's the only thing that's real yeah. anymore. <laughs> so he
1: like starts slashing up he's like projecting his photos onto like screens I guess and he
0: starts slashing them up. So he's having a breakdown. And then he goes to the he breaks into the gallery. Yeah. And destroys at first, like, there's this weird shot where they like say like two old people kissing yeah. next to like one of his weird, like violent pieces. And yeah. he's like choosing which one to destroy. Yeah. And he like destroys the happy art.
1: And he's like he's like weirdly like turning and looking at all the pictures yeah. and like holding his head like ah, the voices or whatever. And like <laughs> I did think it was kinda cool how he breaks into the Museum, he like with pulls a up on his mo- motorcycle <laughs> and like walks up and then
2: just picks up a trash can and like throws it through. And <laughs> this place isn't alarmed, I guess not. Also, uh, I just we should talk about uh, the location. This to me, I think this is the uh, Seacouver, Vancouver, uh, like that science center. <laughs> oh, uh, that, the
0: same one with the geodesic dome. Yeah, this, this is
2: just a, a close up for the shot other art that. episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, I think huh. this is at the same location, eyewitness. Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yep. Gregor ruins everything. Yeah. Thanks, he Greg.
1: Does he destroy all his work and
2: Lindsay? He star? says later, he's like, I destroyed everything.
1: And his, and his negatives. He, and his negatives, yeah. yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> uh, negatives Nancy.
1: So uh, then he also shows up at... The antique store. The antique store where Richie is.
2: Right, and he's like, yo, you want to hang out? And then Greg comes in and just smashes a pot yep. and has a freak out. And
0: like choke slams Richie.
2: Yeah. Right. Well, Richie says... There's a good line. Richie's like, oh, do you want to hang out? And Greg's like, I think I've hung out for too long. Which I was like, ooh, dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it seemed to me at this point that Greg has, like, a death wish or something. Yeah. And we'll yeah. get into that later when we have a confrontation.
0: Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson is killing hipsters. <laughs> uh,
2: in this confrontation with Richie, Greg says, is life worth living if you can't
0: die? And he, he pauses to Richie. And to that... And you won the playoffs. And you don't want to win the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a really interesting question. And I was
2: wondering, we've talked about maybe doing a question of the week. And maybe should this be uh, our first question of the week? So Hmm. we're going to ask this question uh, to you. And uh, we're going to ask it on Facebook as well. So you can write your responses in, email them to us. And we'll read the best ones on air. But we're going to talk about it amongst ourselves maybe right now. What do you guys think of maybe this is maybe being the core question of this episode? Is life worth living if you can't die? This is almost the core question of, like, Highlander everything, but...
1: I'm going to say yes, Mm. because if you can't die, you have the potential to improve the lives of other people around you with hopefully your you know advanced knowledge and experience so i'd say yes Mm. what do
2: you think kyle
0: so i'm gonna say yes in one sense but with a certain qualifier that actually is another issue that's brought up when gregor says are we still people i agree that the answer in the like kind of the the meaningful sense is no you're not human beings like death is part of the human experience like immortals are something else they're, they're playing at being people, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Because, like, a human life is defined by its ending. And I think that's critical to the entire story.
2: Yeah, I, I would say, actually, I think life is not, 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 not worth living if you couldn't die. You should still live it. Uh, I know for me, like, personally, if knowing this will end at some point makes the... The time I have here like more precious, which I think is an important thing that I guess could be lost on Immortals because it's like, well, why should I savor these moments above another? Like, I'll just keep getting more or when, when I don't know when the last moment will be, you got to make each one count. That's our PSA, everybody.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Yikes. <laughs> well, it's like even people who live a normal mortal lifespan, it's like kind of sad, but sometimes you do hear people just kind of conveying that they're just kind of tired of the entire thing and that's after you know 70 years as opposed to 500 years Mm. and that's got to be i don't know it definitely has to be hard to get up in the morning at a certain point but right so
2: everyone put on your existential hats and write (laughs) us this extremely dark and depressing question is life worth living if you can't die food for thought so we're back at the hospital (laughs) (laughs) so richie lets slip that mac is
1: at the hospital visiting linda who is you know, recovering or asleep or something. Something.
2: Yeah. Uh, so Greg goes over there and he opens the door and Mac is like hiding behind the door.
1: Like, did he get the sense? I don't understand why he's hiding.
0: I don't know. I either. assume it's because he doesn't know he's coming. He knows that the mortal is coming, but so he's just yeah. hanging out there. So Greg comes in and then, is Greg gonna kill Linda? Well, he like comes in and just
2: walks right over to Linda, <laughs> like <laughs> so. Like Mac, like attacks him, like yeah. hey, get over, here. like get off of her, yeah. like. <laughs> I didn't know exactly what Greg's plan was. Yeah, I was like, why does he want to kill? Linda? Well,
1: he goes to attack her. What after Mac stops him the first
0: time? Yeah, he like does a weird like, like he's gonna hit
1: her or something.
0: I think he's trying to. I think this entire thing is he's trying to bait Mac into killing him. Yeah. This is like a suicide. That's that's what attempt. I thought this was he's, too mm-hmm. he's trying to get Mac into a position where he'll axe him.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: So they end up having a fight. Uh it yeah. looks like
2: Mac does not have a sword with he him does at not. all. He's unarmed. And uh Greg pulls out his sword, and I yep. noticed this. I thought this was interesting. His sword is a Tizona del Cid sword, and why do I know that without even Wikipediaing it? Ooh. Uh because our grandmother and grandfather actually had one of these swords oh, uh, wow. hanging in. Their house. Huh. Uh, And I remember... What
0: what does any of that mean?
2: uh, So, uh, the Tizona del Cid sword, uh, and I did look this part up on Wikipedia. So, it was the name of a sword carried by Rodrigo Diaz de Vivar el Cid, which was used to fight the Moors in Spain, according to the Cantar de Mio Cid. The name Tizona translates into burning stick. Hmm. Uh, and it's from around 1020 A.D. Interesting. Uh, so anyway, they had a replica of the sword that I think he got in Germany or something. Uh, wow. But I remember being like a little kid and looking this up, uh, like in the encyclopedia with my grandmother. Like, oh, what's this sword about? And, but that's the kind of sword he has.
1: Did you notice that there's an inscription on the blade of his sword?
2: There is. Something
1: in Spanish, I think.
2: I do not remember what that sure is. Is it Sona del Cid? It might it
0: be. It might be. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what this sword had
1: Yeah, on it. But uh, this is a... Uh... The pipe
0: man rises. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first... So, how many times in Highlander do people fight with pipes? Like, there just needs to be a more original sword substitute. Like, somebody well, just... there is. A coat. Duncan's yes, first he attack. starts with the coat. He starts with yeah. the coat.
2: And it, of course, like, It's flummoxes. super effective. It's like, oh, yeah. no!
1: The coat
0: is the ultimate Highlander weapon <laughs> after the sword. Yeah. <laughs> the hierarchy of weapons is is sword, jacket pipe yep <laughs> so they end up no, fighting jackets are first <laughs> <Yeah>. jackets jacket jacket <laughs> yeah because the jacket always completely fumbles your opponent yeah the jacket has a hundred percent success rate yeah. on this show <laughs> uh so duncan
2: ends up they they fight all over the hospital they end yeah. up on the roof it kind of moves around it's mm-hmm. not a bad fight duncan uh,
0: does
1: some pretty cool moves with this pipe
0: the fight goes through the hospital <laughs> uh it's an okay fight i suppose like up the stairs and yeah yeah so mac is using so we're calling it a pipe. This is like a massive bow staff with like a crook at the end of it. Yeah. He's like Shepherd Duncan. Like
2: a, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah.
1: He's like Little Bo Peep. <laughs>
0: a little
2: Bo Duncan.
1: That's right. <laughs> and he lost his peep, who is Gregor. He's one of his He's peeps.
0: lost. That's right. Yeah. You tried you Hare Krishna? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so anyway, Duncan actually has an interesting theory why Greg wanted to fight, though, which is different than ours, because I, I agree with you, Kyle. Like, I thought... This was like a death wish. He's just like, I'm going to start some shit, and Duncan will kill me, and it'll all be over. But Duncan posits that Greg wanted to take Duncan's head so he could feel again. Like, Duncan is a person capable of deep emotion, and if he got his
0: quickening, that might fix him. And Duncan posits this? Yeah. I missed that. Mm. Does that mean that the quickening will enable him to feel again, or the act of killing his friend will like shock him into consciousness? Not sure. Yeah. I wondered if it was the quickening would do it.
1: Yeah, well, that goes back to that thing with Grayson.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Hang. So, Duncan ends up getting, I guess, Greg to feel by almost taking his head. Yeah, he fakes uh, him
1: out. Yep, fakes yeah. him
2: out, just like Greg's been faking everybody else out. Yeah, um, he also
0: fakes him out in the face with that pipe a bunch of times.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess Greg finally f- felt the fear of death. Yeah. And that has kind of shocked him maybe
0: out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, they end up walking away. They're like, Hold it's it. going
2: to be all right. Sorry, buddy.
0: Yeah. So, this is so the. F- they, they never established how they got to know each other, right? No. No. Like, yeah. I like that surgeon moment. I thought that, yeah. like, they've. Because I, I kept on expecting them to show a flashback with the two of them, and it just never quite came. Yeah. Until that one. But it's, you know, deep into their relationship at that mm-hmm. point.
1: Right. So, it's good. Duncan has two friends now that he hasn't killed.
2: <laughs>
0: Very good. Good job, Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> wait, did uh, I kill this guy?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so. After this, we're back in the hospital, and yep. Duncan is essentially saying goodbye
0: to the dying mm-hmm. Linda,
2: and he brought her a present.
1: Yeah, framed framed uh, newspaper clipping, I guess.
0: Right. That contains the very same photo of him saving that child from the burning building. Right. right. And then um, he tells Linda that he is
1: the same Duncan McLeod, and he's immortal. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really explain it, but... He's yeah. like, yeah,
0: I can't really tell you why now, yeah. but right. I'm proud of you, girl. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Girl. This is this
0: is a really sweet scene and
1: can I say this about Adrian Paul's performance? To me, this is his best performance like ever yep. up to this point. I agree. And I I don't know yeah. if he's I have the same note that this it. is really good. I was floored by how good he was in this scene. He like he has more emotion and seems more real than the Darius death to me.
0: This is like a less is more kind of moment. Yeah. He's definitely had moments that are like more full of emotion than this one was, but I feel like they've worked against the overall package. Yeah. So I want
1: more of this. Like he looks like I don't know if he's channeling. Oh, well he's an actor, so but like you see, acting. He
0: somehow see, sometimes actors they yeah. pretend <laughs> to feel a certain way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the secret world of acting. Duncan's not
1: really an immortal. He's just acting like one. This whole thing is a Pack of lies. <laughs> ah! But yeah, he, he did really good yeah. at this part. I mean, they both do. This is a great scene. This
2: is a really good scene. Yeah. I, I buy into all this stuff. And again, I think this story, like, this relationship is a really interesting thing to explore. Especially in an action-adventure show. Like, yeah. this is, like, deep territory. And it's heartbreaking. And something you don't see either. Like, no. in any sort of mainstream media. Yeah. Like, a young, virile young lover. Or That's whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, loving... An elderly woman. Yeah. Um, so I think it's got a lot of a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah. It's got some serious
0: heart. Yeah, it does. And
2: then I assume it looked like she dies. Yeah. Kind of in his arms at yeah. the end.
1: So I guess you can take that present back.
2: No. Uh, huh. Yikes. <laughs> and then zeiced. that's and then that, <laughs> oh, I like that as a uh, <laughs> Is that instead saying of yikes, yikes, say zeiced? Zeiced? That's what we're gonna, I do
0: like that. Uh, that's what we're going to be
1: saying a lot of and. <laughs> the next
0: movie uh so that's that's it (laughs) so this episode really made made me think of like an episode of star trek because there's a lot of overt philosophical discussion yeah like it's not even buried things aren't analogies people are just literally discussing the nature of life and death a lot in a way that does as you said often doesn't happen in action adventure tv shows that said i wish some of this stuff was a little beneath the surface
1: yeah There's just some goofiness. Like the shades. Yeah, the shades. Gregor's freak
0: out. Yeah. A little goofy. But. So, wait. What do we decide Gregor's nickname is? Is he Launchpad McQuack or David Blaine? (laughs) (laughs) just want to be consistent when we inevitably reference him in future episodes.
2: Launchpad (laughs) McBlaine.
0: There you go. (laughs) Launchpad (laughs) McBlaine.
2: McBain, my favorite Simpsons action hero. Ooh. i I like this episode i think it's i think it's okay it has problems it's hard to introduce characters like this that deal with like a lot of like heavy stuff without like they just introduce this character cold so i think that's one reason that a lot of this stuff is like amplified like it's like really over the top because it's like well we gotta like show him show that he's this way like yeah we got 43 minutes uh, let's do it and again with like Television being what it is today, this might this story arc might come about of a character that we've seen a bunch and that is reoccurring and maybe we start to see every time we meet them, they deteriorate a little more and we get to be on that journey with them. Yeah, who knows? But I don't think we ever meet uh, Launchpad McBlain again. Hmm. I think this is it. So we don't know what happened to him. Hopefully he pulled it together. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> I think he won the game. Yeah, I, I bet that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, that's a uh, spin-off novel.
2: <laughs> as far as the Watcher Chronicles go, uh just a little bit on Gregor Powers. He was born on sixteen in sixteen seventy-eight in Baden, Germany. His first death was in 1707. He was beaten to death and robbed while a medical student oh, okay. at twenty-nine years old. And that's about kinda it. So uh there's a couple funny like Watcher Chronicle things. We've often talked about like the writing style of these Watcher Chronicles. Uh Duncan's Chronicle from uh, 1939 with Linda Plager is pretty funny, I thought. Someday, I think McLeod will look back on this and see that Linda Plager was a very wise woman. I'm sure right now, however, he just knows he's been dumped. (laughs) (laughs) And that always hurts, whether you're 14 or 40 or 400. Is this person 14? Like, this is so crazy. Uh, It goes on about their relationship and... Oh, I think she's making a mistake. It's like this reads like a gossip column. And then <laughs> the other thing that I was fun, uh, thought was funny was, uh, Greg Powers' chronicle. Uh, there's nothing kind of inherently interesting about like his chronicle itself. It says he was a doctor, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the author of his chronicle was Hank Horton. And I was like, oh, did they do a, a nice job of putting maybe, yeah, uh, Horton's like great, great grandfather? In interesting. I thought that was a neat little, uh, Easter egg. Uh, um, H H. Absolutely. Hank Horton. So, guys, any final thoughts on this episode before we
0: wrap it up? This seemed like a real example of what David Abramowitz was talking about, where he said, like, it's a Talmudic discussion with ass-kicking. Yeah, Yeah. This really felt like it, because it was literally a discussion. (laughs) It wasn't (laughs) that, like, people represented certain things and the story played out. Literally, the two sides (laughs) of the conversation sat down and had that conversation. (laughs) And then they also fought with pipes and swords. (laughs) So... It's like a little bit clunky in that regard, but I really appreciate what this episode was trying to do. I think Gregor has an interesting voice that is worth, that is interesting in the context of the Highlander universe. And all in all, I liked this episode. He would be an interesting
1: character to explore. Like it would, would have been cool if he came back like you mentioned before keith and maybe we see him grow under duncan's influence but yeah i don't
0: know or the opposite i I kind of would have rather seen this guy deteriorate over time as opposed to in a 143 minute episode and maybe this con maybe this conflict then erupts after being teased for a while yeah you know what's also
2: interesting that i'm just thinking about now is they they set up that there's this parallel but it it doesn't kind of play out the same way like linda plager is someone who photographs maybe pain or you know like she exploits people f- for her craft or for her you know for a paycheck or whatever through photography and duncan changes her li- life with essentially like two sentences or whatever i guess they become they become lovers there's and,
0: more right
2: but going on he, t- he teaches
0: her that How do you know so much.
2: <laughs> yeah, he teaches her about like loving beauty and like like hope and all that sort of stuff, and I never feel like we get that sort of lesson. It, like it's like, oh, how is Duncan gonna like change Greg in the same way she he changed Linda? And he just kind of almost chops his head off at the end. Like, it's like a scared straight sort of thing. It's like, no, you're not going to be miserable. Like, I'll fucking kill you. Like, and that, like, snaps him out of it. Instead of, like, an actual, like, it should have actually taken place through that discussion. Like, Duncan should have made a really compelling case. And it could have actually happened in the midst of the sword fight. Like, if they just threw in some dialogue while they were fighting, it would be nice. That way it's not just like... Philosophical discussion, sword fight, philosophical discussion, pipe fight, like uh, yeah. that it was kind of incorporated. But I wish Duncan had really kind of swayed Gregor to the side of good uh, through like
0: actually persuading him. Like, yeah. Instead of just kind of making him like snap yeah. out of it or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I do like, I do think it pays off well that he is in fact afraid to die mm-hmm. because he confronts Tessa about that. He overtly has that conversation with Richie on the wharf, like, are you afraid to die? Like, he confronts them about it, and he fancies himself as someone who doesn't fear death. But then when the chips are on the table, he does. And even for immortals, this, you know, fear of the void is ongoing. I thought that was interesting. Mm. All right, so check out A Study in Light. be good. It'll be good. What yeah. am I talking about?
2: <laughs> Was it good for you? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so make sure to join us next week for episode three, The Turnabout. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next week. I've been one of your rewatchers, Keith.
0: I'm Kyle. This is Amen. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye
1: My name is Duncan, and I'm here to say Take pictures in a highlander way.